When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Mr. Jenkins told me. Mr. Jenkins told me. Mr. Jenkins told me to always make it easy for the customer. That's you. A live person will always be here to answer the phone. We're here till midnight, seven days a week. So you never have to take off work. And it's the same price as in the daytime. We're the ones you want to call. We're the ones you want to call. We're the ones you want to call. You're going to love these people. I guarantee it. Go to MorrisJenkins.com. It's time for the Happy Half Hour with your friends Kristen Balboni, Miles Simmons, and Will Bryan. It's that time of the week. It's the Happy Half Hour podcast presented by Morris Jenkins here with Miles. We got Will in the booth of shame. We're happy to be here. We are happy to be here. And Kristen, you know you know what Mr. Jenkins told me, speaking of Morris Jenkins? What did he tell you, Miles? Well, Mr. Jenkins told me his plumbers and AC techs secretly wear Panthers jerseys under their uniforms. So when your plumbing or air conditioning is acting up, call Morris Jenkins or visit morrisjenkins.com. And what a coincidence that is because we are all wearing Panthers jerseys underneath our regular work clothes because we are so pumped about week one. It's game week, baby. It's game week. We are here. Will, be honest, did you ever think... We would get here, say, four months ago. Did you think we'd get to week one? I think somebody did. I didn't think I would. (laughs) You were like, the team will take the field, but I may not be here to see it. I don't know if I'm here anyway. (laughs) We'll find out on Sunday. Is Will an illusion? Stay tuned for more on the Happy He's in the booth of shame. We can barely see him. It's true. I like it this way. Yeah. (laughs) Keep Will far away from me. Took one for the team. Didn't even have a reason to be in the booth of shame this week, but just, you know what? He walked in. And uh, just went right to it. He's a team player. He is a team player. Uh, So as you said, week one, Miles, we could not be more thrilled. You know the Raiders. They are coming to town. You have some history with them. So give us us your big keys to the game about what we all should be looking for uh, from an opponent's perspective. Yeah, it's funny. I I did cover the Raiders last year for the Las Vegas Review-Journal, so I I do feel like I have a lot of familiarity with that team because – Look, they, they've overhauled their defense a little bit, especially the linebacker position with Nick Wachowski, Corey Littleton. But by and large, they are mostly the same team on offense, except for the addition of Henry Ruggs. And they've got Edwards, another young wide receiver over there as well. So we, we talk about a lot how uh, the Panthers receiving core is predicated on speed. 
I think the Raiders are a little bit less predicated on speed, but the, the addition of Henry Ruggs really, I mean, he can take a top off a of defense at any point in time. And I think, you know, this is SEC country, right? You know, I think everybody knows what Ruggs was able to do um, at Alabama, and that's exactly what the Raiders want him to do for them. And, and so it's interesting. I mean, last year, obviously, the Antonio Brown saga that went on for a really long time. and Quite a while. It was, it was, it was bad uh, as a reporter. Like, I, I'll... I'll I mean, it, it was weird. Um, there was one day, I guess it was probably the day that they ended up releasing Antonio Brown, right? He had put out that weird video that had Gruden's voice either a day or two before. That's right. I think a day before that, he had kicked the football in practice and had the big blow up with Mike Mayock. And then it was that Friday morning, he he had put out the Release Me Raiders video. Yeah. And so I was sleeping <laughs> because I we were on the West Coast or whatever, and he posted this thing at something like 5 or 6 in the morning Pacific time, right? And so I get up at 7, and I have 20 text messages <laughs> like, uh-oh, Miles, wake up, Miles. Miles, have you seen this from my boss? And it, so that made my head explode. Um, but in terms of the 2020 Raiders, I think that uh, they don't necessarily have that kind of drama going on, and it'll be interesting to see what they can do in Las Vegas. Yeah, they don't have the drama going on, but they do have Josh Jacobs. They do have Josh Jacobs, and that's not only somebody that you know we're familiar with or I'm familiar with, but you know, Tier Whitehead is very familiar with him too. And mm-hmm. so I'm I'm looking forward to to speaking with Whitehead over the cor- later course of this week, just about what he knows about Josh Jacobs and you know going against him sort of in practice and scout team and in training camp and things like that. And look, that guy is really, really good at running the football. Arguably should have been Rookie of the Year last year. We have a guy that's pretty good at running the football as well, which is a good yes. thing. <laughs> yes, no doubt. And, Will, you know, it's it's funny because we as uh, members of, of the Panthers and Panthers fans in general, this will really be our first chance to see what a Matt Rule coach team looks like. I mean, even Marty Herney spoke earlier this week, and, and he said it's going to be – our evaluation period is Sunday, you know, because we didn't have preseason. It's definitely going to be weird to see what that looks like. Um, you know, I, I, I want to see how this offensive line does. You know, we can talk about that a little bit in a second. You know, even even now there's still going to be some some shuffling along there. Um, you know, you're going to want to see how, how this defense does against all of these weapons for the Raiders. You know, a lot of young wide receivers. Darren Waller, we haven't mentioned him yet. You yeah. know, he was second or third in the NFL in receiving yards by a tight end last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people don't necessarily know his name. But, I mean, there's a ton of guys that people do know from this team. You know, you have Cleland Farrell, Hunter Renfro, Zay Jones went to East Carolina, Brian Edwards from South Carolina. Um, you know, a lot of these guys uh, that that are from uh, Trayvon Mullen, uh, the cornerback that went to Clemson. Yep. Um, so a lot of Clemson guys, a lot of people from the Carolinas on this team. It's kind of weird for like a West Coast, quote unquote, West Coast team to have so many familiar, uh, young, familiar faces to North and South Carolina. It is. Um, but but that's that's going to be interesting to see them all come in here. The joke last year uh, in the Raiders media room was while Clemson West. <laughs> you know, it, it was just it was interesting that pipeline that kept coming from um you know the the Carolinas all the way out there. Well, and uh, speaking of you know all of the Clemson ties and the Carolina ties, of course, in a normal year, fans would love to see that. Of course, you want to come in. A lot of the fans would be there to support the Panthers, but yeah. then you've got your guys that are now over on the West Coast with those Clemson or South Carolina ties that fans would you know drive up and and come see. But no fans week one and. It's something that I'm really interested in. We talked either last week or the week before after the primetime practice about, hey, you know, it looked 
felt pretty normal. The juice was good in there. And then they had a mock game last Friday, the Panthers, and Matt Rule came out and said he was disappointed with the energy, and guys are going to have to figure out a way to bring their own juice. And I think we're going to see that, um, that adjustment period. How are guys going to handle that? Because I've been unsure, is it a media narrative that, you know, really the players can come in, lock in, play the game, or is this really going to affect everyone across the league, anyone who doesn't have fans, or even if you have a small amount of fans? So that's certainly that something that I'm going to be looking for to see how it and if it changes the psychology of of the players as they step on the field. For sure. And the, one of the interesting things I thought about last Friday, as opposed to that night practice on the Wednesday, it was a lot quieter in the building. You know, like I could hear myself think. And you were on the field and trying to do interviews with players and coaches uh, for that night practice, and you basically had to like yell across the thing, right? Well, the decibel level of the crowd noise was turned down, and I believe it was at NFL standards right. during the mark mock, excuse me, practice on Friday. Exactly, and that was lower than what it was during Wednesday's primetime practice from a few weeks ago, because I don't think the required decibels had been released yet from the NFL. Yes, yes, exactly that. So, you know, because of that, now I think players have a much better understanding of what it is that they're going to be stepping into. And I think that they're going to – it's going to be interesting to see how they exactly bring their own juice, right? Because some guys you can see – when they come out of the tunnel, they want to like go high five the fake fans and like Brian I, Burns. He told me that yes. he said he visualizes the fans and he goes over. He's he did it on Friday. Yes, went over and pretended to high five. And I asked him about it. I kind of thought he was having a little fun. And he said, no, I'm visualizing my fans. And, in fact, there was this one little boy that always came to the railing to give us high fives. And I'm thinking of him. And I just loved that. That's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you've got guys who are doing things like that. You've got guys, like, waving their arms to pump up the, you know, the crowd that is not there. So, how different guys are going to get motivated for different things, it's going to be interesting. Because I I wonder – to like how NBA guys are doing it. And I wonder if some of these guys maybe know anybody in the NBA and they, they ask that because it, it it's weird to be on a field and not have fans there, especially for guys playing at this level of, of football. It's weird to – it was weird for me to think that – this game, it's going to have stakes. It's weird to think that right. there's going to be a, a win or a loss on your record at the end of it because it does – it's probably going to feel like a practice, at least to us. I mean, that's just my perspective, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure – so whatever the guys need to do to get themselves there, as as Coach Rule and you said, bring your own juice is the phrase. Yeah. Um, Orange juice. Yeah. Apple juice. To, to separate juice. it in whatever way. Tomato um, juice. From practice. It could be tomato juice. I wouldn't be bringing that juice personally if it were me. I think Will needs to make hype videos for every single player. Lemon juice, <laughs> lime juice. What are your yes. thoughts, Will? It, with with the lemon and the lime juice, I I, I think we're going to see some very interesting things on the bench. Ah, yeah. I, I think you know, okay. I, and may and maybe there'll be some you know line of you know preserve your energy and all this kind of thing. But at the same time, you know, typically you see guys, you know, if they're not on the field, you know, they're sitting down, they're talking to coaches, they're they're looking at tablets. They're just relaxing. I think early on you're going to see it. It might feel like a high school game, like people mm-hmm. are standing up, everyone's lined along the sideline, everyone's yeah. watching, and these guys are all cheering or you know yelling or or doing so. You know, I think there's going to be potentially more there in a way that we've probably never seen in an NFL game. That'll be curious to watch. Like I'll, I'll be curious how you know CBS that's covering the game. You know how how they 
choose to show I mean you think of like as a producer think of all of the shots that you go to fans like coming in and out of breaks yeah. all of the different things that you do to show the the atmosphere of a game like what are they going to show like what are they going to do like it, it's it, just there's so be many Sir, small Sir things up there by himself right Harps. you know like i so i i'm i'm curious to watch the bench i think that's going to be there could be some interesting things happening with how they try to provide juice and energy and 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 more than what they would usually do Somebody mentioned that over the course of the last week, and I wish I could remember that. It basically, exactly what you said, Will, that it it's going to have more of that college, high school atmosphere than it usually would, where guys on the bench are going to have to be really, really engaged and uh, and you know bring it basically in order to um, sort of spell or quell the difference from the crowd. Boy, I really petered out there, huh? Yikes. Look, it's it's week one. We're all feeling like, like this. We all on? walked in and just I like, we're a, like, ah, we're so excited. We have a thousand things going on. So no one hold this against us. It's I not like it's being recorded, feel, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I had a all point right, and well, it was bad. Hold on. Let's take a quick break. Uh, let Miles get his thoughts together. Thanks. Let uh, Will and I get our thoughts together. And we'll be back with more week one talk. Mr. Jenkins told me. Mr. Jenkins told me. Mr. Jenkins told me to always make it easy for the customer. That's you. A live person will always be here to answer the phone. We're here till midnight, seven days a week. So you never have to take off work. And it's the same price as in the daytime. We're the ones you want to call. We're the ones you want to call. We're the ones you want to call. You're going to love these people. I guarantee it. Go to MorrisJenkins.com. Okay, we are back, um, and let's get into our overheard segment. We had some some great sound bites this week. Do you hear something? Overheard. We know Miles is familiar with John Gruden and the Raiders. So is Matt Rule. He talked about his relationship with Gruden. You know, he he's a guy that in my previous life I would have considered, you know, a, a sort of a mentor from afar. Um, you know, I got to know him. We hit it off. Even a couple of years ago when I had a, another NFL opportunity, I was trying to figure out what to do. He's one of the first people I called. Um, I haven't talked to him very much since taking this job just because I think we've all, you know, it's been a, it's been a unique set of circumstances. Uh, Mike Mayock is another guy that I've known for a long time. My, my first year as the head coach at Temple, he came in and talked to my team about the draft process. So there, there's a lot of people there that I respect, but I, I really respect John Gruden. And, um, you know, here he is, you know, Super Bowl winning coach, Monday Night Football at the time, and he's got the, the head coach, you know, at, at, at Temple, and he's pouring into and spending time with, and so I, I'm very grateful to him, and um, so I think it'll be it'll be an honor to take the field with with, with someone that's done everything that he's done, and um, I'm excited to get on the field. I just love that even two guys that you may not associate immediately together, although of course you know, John Gruden spent a lot of time as a commentator and. Matt Rule in college, so you could say, oh, there, there's maybe a possibility there. But two guys that you wouldn't necessarily associate together, there's just this coaching fraternity. And mm-hmm. they all talk to each other and provide mentorship, and I just think it's so cool. Yeah, some co- sometimes coaches like to downplay that stuff, too, um, at least in, in terms of um, like what they get from other coaches because it's like you don't want to have a perception of – 
uh, like the other coaches doing this, the other coaches doing that. It's it's interesting. I, I think about that with like Sean McVay and Bill Belichick because those two guys have texted a lot, and that kind of became a storyline at one point. And McVay tried to downplay it, but I think it's nice to see something like when Matt Rule was talking about uh, John Gruden, and he was like, "Hey, you know, I was this coach at Temple, and John Gruden didn't have to spend any time with me. He didn't have to do this, but he did." And I think. That really shows just how much of a coaching fraternity it is, as you were just saying, Kristen. People, especially if you're not in a situation where it's competitive, you know, like right now, Matt Rule and John Gruden, they're not family. They're not necessarily all that close. And so that's why they're not necessarily going to go back and forth, clash and whatever. But I think in a, in a situation where Gruden's a commentator and Rule's a young coach and he's trying to learn as much as he possibly can, that's exactly the kind of thing that coaches want to do. They want to help each other. You know, they want to make sure that people can get better, especially those who have an interest in getting better. Um, so I, I, I like it, too. Miles, I have a request. What? Can you do your best, John Gruden? I was going to ask you, Will, since you're the impression guy. No, 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 no. Miles has been around him far longer than I have. Hey, Will, I don't know exactly how much you want me to do a John Gruden. All right, man. I, I'll tell you what, man. This Will guy, he's stuck in the radio booth over there. I don't necessarily like this guy all that much, but really, I think Will's an okay guy. I mean, you know, he likes to do all the things with the Panthers' stats. How's that? You run the ball. You stop the run. This is Raiders football. Knock on wood if you're with me, man. Knock on wood. I liked it. I, I like it. I, Good job, Miles. Yeah, I got to give Miles the, yeah. the edge there. It, but it had a little <laughs> bit of like a Tony Soprano, just a hint. Yeah, Definitely like had some mob vibes. Yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah, I mean, there, there's some Frank <laughs> Caliendo in there, but, you know, it was good. Not not much. I'm not a very good impressions person. It was, yeah. I thought it was great. Thank you. Really. Truly. Much I better promise. Than me. No, I'm kidding. I, do, I really, <laughs> really thought. I really, really thought it was great. All right. Uh, next up. We are going to hear from Miles's guy, Miles Hartsfield. And, Miles, I know you have spent some time with the other Miles this week. Yes, I have. And it's interesting. There are not too many people that I've ever met um, who spell Miles like me, you know, with a Y. So uh, we talked a little bit about uh, how he actually started running the ball uh, for the Carolina Panthers because he was a defensive back in all of college. So one day after practice, it was just the rookies out there. It was one of those early practices when the vets were still coming in, but they couldn't really do much. Mm-hmm. So we were out there, um, went through the whole practice with the DBs. Coach Coach Rule had came up to me like right before and was like, "All right, after practice, you know, we're gonna, you know, see if you can still do some running back drills." And I was like, "Oh, okay, you know, maybe he just wants to see how athletic how athletic I am." So I'm like, I go over there, they doing the cuts, so. I'm doing all the cuts, jump cuts, and all that. So it's starting to come back, starting to feel familiar. Um, and what was going through my head, I was excited because I felt like going to college, I should have played running back, and I wanted to play running back. But going to school as an athlete, and you know, growing up with the parents I grew up with, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't second guess what a coach is trying to tell you. He's going to put you in the best position to win for the team. And I'm always been a team player, so I didn't argue when I when my coaches put me at DB at college. So um, you know, I was blessed with the opportunity to, to show them what I can do on offense. And, you know, I took full advantage because I know deep inside, like, my true heart that I want to play running back in the National Football League even when I was five years old. I didn't start playing DB really until I got to Ole Miss. Hartsfield's story is very interesting because 
Uh, he was a running back in New Jersey. He was recruited as a running back out of New Jersey by Matt Rule at Temple. So he had gone up to Philadelphia a couple times on unofficial visits. Um, and then he actually ended up going to East Coast Prep um, up there in Massachusetts. And that's when he really started becoming a defensive back. So he had sort of a gap year between high school and then going to Ole Miss. And then once he got to Ole Miss, he was really entrenched as a defensive back. So what he told me is that his coaches at Ole Miss – were uh, a little bit surprised when he got to the NFL and they saw him taking carries and they were like, you were a running back? I didn't even know. And it's because of just the way that things worked out for him. So he's a guy you you root for, you know, that, um, you know, now that he's on the 53, he's probably going to play a lot of special teams. I think we'll only see him really as a running back, probably in an emergency situation. But, you know, asking uh, Marty Herney, general manager, yesterday, about Miles Hartsfield and everything, and Herney said, look, he's got a chance to contribute at two places. And in a year where versatility is key, because we don't know really what's going to happen in a couple weeks with COVID, you know, that, that's something that's pretty valuable. Yeah, I just love that he was like, yeah, I should have been playing running back. Yeah, I know, right? That's that's talent. That's that's some confidence. Yeah, he's like, yeah, 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 I, I could have done that easily. And so I'm, I'm glad I might get to do it now. I just was like, that's awesome. I think the bigger question is, is can Christian McCaffrey play defensive back? Because yes. then that, you know, then we're getting versatility. Like, could you imagine coming out on, on defense? And, and I think Christian's Christian doing enough. I think he's doing enough, <laughs> right? I'm, I'm sure he could yeah. in an emergency. I didn't rules say something like that a couple weeks ago or whatever, that, like, Christian McCaffrey could probably play safety if he wanted to. But, like, yeah, I think there's a difference between somebody like Hartsfield and Christian McCaffrey, to state the obvious. <laughs> I'm I'm just trying to blow up Twitter over here. That's all. <laughs> good, good. Will good Will is always trying to to blow up Twitter, whether it be mm-hmm. a a hot dog or a Christian McCaffrey hot take. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you're listening to the Happy Half Hour podcast presented by Morris Jenkins. We appreciate you joining us. Guess what, uh, Mr. Jenkins told me though. What did he tell you, Will? He told me that the Panthers make him proud, and he's honored to support the team. When your plumbing or air conditioning is acting up, call Morris Jenkins. Or visit morrisjenkins.com. Love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, Will, I want to start with you. Do you have a pregame or game day ritual now that we are, you know, game days right around the corner? So this started maybe eight, nine years ago. I, uh, I was working at College of Charleston, and I was, like, doing baseball. And it was the Sunday of, like, a long weekend series, and I ran out of socks. And so I had to wear mismatched socks, like a black sock and a white sock. That's incredibly the... mismatched. That's not just yeah. like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. A gray toe and a. No, 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 no. Very mismatched. And, of course, we, we won the series. Like, we had a big win. We ended up, like, clinching, like, our conference that day. And so it's always kind of been a thing that I try to wear mismatched socks on game days. Like, here it's more, like, dark blue and darker blue or something. It's not, like completely different colors, but typically I will wear different socks on a game day. I am far too vain to do that. I just, some socks fit you differently, you know? Does that not ever get uncomfortable? Like, the, like there's different thickness. It's, yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's, about, it's about the tradition. You ever go dress sock, athletic sock? No. What's the you should weird, try it. What's the weirdest mismatched it. socks that, that you do? Um, sometimes red and blue. Oh, dear God. Yeah. Now every well, game day I'm just going to be. you wear with that? Oh, what are you doing? Ah, uh, no. What about um, footy sock and like high crew? 
like a, a crew yeah, sock no. or a knee sock. Well, I mean, th- this this year it might be different. So this year, like, since there will be fewer people that will see me, I might just have to do this just to mess with Miles and, like, throw him off his game and, like, show up in some ridiculous sock combination. I don't like it. Because Miles is already getting triggered over here. I so. really am. Leader hosen on one side, no show on the yes. other. Yes. What do you think? Uh, that's pretty funny. Like Miles, what about you? All right, my game day ritual. This started a couple of years ago. And I, it's sort of this was this thing that I did organically, and now it's just what I do every game day. I listen to Feds Watching by Two, two Chains and Pharrell. Got to blast it really loud when I'm love on the that. way to the stadium. It's I great. love that. I'm going to try this. Maybe I should adopt you guys. I'll wear mismatched socks and then just listen to Feds Watching on the way in and see how it goes. Yeah. Mine? I wouldn't do the mismatched socks, though. That's just, I don't think that's going to look good. Come on. Are you part of this podcast or not? Yes, but uh, I not I, to like that I extent. Said, I'm too vain, man. I'm way too vain. <laughs> like it's weird. I mean, you guys have not actually seen me in a situation where I try to look good, but usually I try to look good most days. And I'm I'm kind of a vain guy. I'm not gonna lie. And so the thought of wearing mismatched socks to a public event, like, you, you I, can you can always wear socks over your mismatched socks. Oh. I didn't say you couldn't cover them. I'm not. I'm no. Why would I wear two pairs of socks? It no. gets it gets cold here in Charlotte. It's not going to be cold on Sunday. It's it's cold for September right now. Look, don't knock it till you try it. I don't even know why I'm uh, saying you should wear two pairs of socks. I just want to see Miles <laughs> out of his sartorial cl- uh, comfort zone. Oh, he's already out of his comfort yeah. zone. That's true. That's, that's very true. So my pregame ritual, it's not necessarily on game day, um, but every the night before every game, as I was doing my notes, I traveled around for three-ish years uh, covering a lot of college football and college basketball. And I'd always sit down the night before and, you know, just really prepare, and that was my time. And so what I liked to have on in the background, what really gets me geared up for some great football, what really locks me in to, to knowing as much as I can about the players on whatever team I was covering is Great British Bake Off. I love to yes. watch some Great British Bake Off as I'm preparing my notes. And guess what? I'm probably going to do it Saturday night just to keep the tradition alive. I love that. That's fun. Because it's nice. It's comforting. But you don't miss too much. And who's, you can kind of. Who's your favorite winner? I love Ruby. I loved Ruby. Ruby's awesome. The last Ruby, right? Yes. Not the earlier Ruby. Yeah, yeah. The second Ruby. I liked the the guy that just won most recently. I think he beat Ruby. Oh. Yeah, the oh, guy yeah, that yeah, 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 he was yeah, a scientist. Yeah. Yes, that's right. He, yeah, he had really good Cardman buns. Yes, absolutely. Are you a Paul Hollywood fan? And oh. that's the last thing I'll say. Promise. I mean, yes and no. <laughs> like, I'm obviously a fan. And that's I the right think answer. He's awful. That's the right answer. There's no. This is a whole different podcast. Uh, stay tuned for Will and I's Great British Bake Off podcast coming to your feeds next week. Um, <laughs> it's so good. Fun. Yeah, I, I, this it's a it's a rare show I haven't seen. I don't know. Look, check it out. Check it out as you're getting ready for game day. That's all I'm gonna say. Nothing. Look, is it is it two chains? Is it Great British Bake Off? Which one's gonna get you more hyped? Who can say? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, it's time for our weird question of the week. So Teddy Bridgewater has a children's series, a children's book series based on him and all that he has overcome in the last few years. It is written by his friend Erica Cardona. And they both uh, talked to the media about it this week because the latest book in the series was just released. It's called the Little Bear Little Bear Teddy series. I just think it's absolutely adorable. So it kind of got me thinking, Miles, as a kid, what was your favorite fictional character or cartoon? Okay, uh... 
I could easily sort of punt and be like Harry Potter, right? Like, cause that's a good one. That, I mean, he was great. Harry Potter's uh, the best. He's still he's still the best. I actually just recently watched all eight movies because they're on HBO Max. Yeah. So I was, and they were supposed to go away. I think that they already may have gone away. I don't know, but I was like, I haven't seen these in a long time. So Harry Potter, Harry Potter's really good. Hermione was much better than ending up with Ron. Like, 100%. If we, if we can roll back and watch those things, J.K. Rowling has admitted that she probably should have ended up with Harry because Ron, I mean, Ron's kind of a loser, man. Wait, can I tell you this really quick? Yeah. I was doing a an interview with, with Coach Rule, and he's a he's a big reader, and I said, I'm, I'm going to ask you, just so you can think about it, I'm going to ask you what book you recommend. And he said, oh, okay, i got to think about it. And I said, hey, I just finished my annual reread of Harry Potter. I don't know how I feel about that. And he was like, <laughs> <laughs> he just started laughing, so... uh Coach Rule. Coach Rule knows. Okay, yeah. So uh, those, uh, Hermione, Harry, not Ron, uh, Sirius Black, obviously another one. But Tommy Pickles from Rugrats. Love Tommy Pickles. That was, that was my oh, yeah. guy. That was my guy. I liked Angelica, too. Oh, she was a jerk. She Look, she was a strong, independent lady that knew what she wanted. <laughs> no, no, no. Susie was the strong, independent lady who mm, knew what she wanted. Was she? Uh, yes. Angelica was just kind of mean. Uh, all right. Will, she's, probably running a, she's probably running a Fortune 500 somewhere right now. Will, <laughs> well, what about you? Favorite okay, so, fictional character or cartoon? So then that just jogged my memory. At first, I was going to go much younger and kind of along the same lines like Clifford? As, as Teddy. I was going to go with Winnie the Pooh. Oh, that's, that's adorable. Yeah, that was more younger. But then hearing Rugrats, then obviously there was definitely a period of my youth where I was a, a, a stand for Doug. I was a Doug stand. You know what Doug did? Doug picked out his clothes every single day so that they were exactly the same, and I bet he had matching socks. <laughs> Doug was Doug was great. Do you guys remember there were two Dugs? Like one, yes. Like Patty Mayonnaise yeah. had a different haircut yes. in one uh, Doug. I, yeah, I like it, OG no, Doug. Yes, OG, OG Doug, Doug was on Nick, and then it went to Disney, and yeah. like Which things one got weird. Was the Patty Mayonnaise longer hair? I think that I, was OG. No, I, I think that was the new one. She had pretty short hair in the OG. In the OG, yeah, yeah, great. I liked them both. Guys, I was a big Hey Arnold fan. Uh, that's going to yeah. be my, I think, my favorite. I loved it. I loved it so much that, do you remember they did the movie a few years ago? I was also on the road for that. And I was like, I got to get back. This basketball game has, you know, got to end be- so that I can get back and watch the Hey Arnold movie. Wow. Was it was it good? Was it worth it? It was just nostalgic. Okay. I'm, okay, I don't want to, okay, first of all, I'm not like the, still the biggest super fan. <laughs> I thought you guys would be like, oh, yeah, sure, I love Hey Arnold. And you're both looking at me like I am. No, Hey Arnold Crazy. was good. You know, Helga, she was more Helga of a jerk than Angelica. I, I will put it that way. Like, she if we're loved talking about- Arnold. I just thought Arnold had the coolest room. Arnold. Yeah. Hey, Arnold. Hey, Arnold. Guys. I can't believe none of you mentioned Patrick Starr or SpongeBob. Oh, like SpongeBob's great, man. SpongeBob's I, the the obvious choice, yeah, right? I love SpongeBob. Matt, I, is that yours? I would probably be mine because that show got really big, like right when I was in the height of my Nickelodeon yeah watching days. But it's just really, I mean, is it overexposed? I mean, at this point, with the meme point, culture, I wumbo, you wumbo, he, she, me wumbo. <laughs> All right. Well, um, yeah. Wrap the point this up, is, Kristen. I was going to say the point is. We're excited for week one, right? What other what other podcasts talking about week one are you going to get Great British Bake Off, Mismatched Socks, and SpongeBob references? You're not. You're, you're not. Guys, when we talk again next week, we'll have seen a game, and we'll be on with the season. I can't believe it. It's finally here. Absolutely. We are so excited, and uh, we appreciate all of you listening. We'll see you next week.
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.